Now, I want us, uh, before we wrap things up, just to talk a bit about um, the solutions around um, the issue of addiction, right? Just to, I mean, just speaking of accessibility, how accessible are the remedies, the solutions, the, the because uh, I know, Anka, you do a lot of work and you're very, quite well familiar with how other countries uh, have made strides and have had uh, centers where that, that deal with people who are digitally addicted. What are some of the things that you would like to see happen uh, within South Africa? Well, Kevin, thank you. So um, in other countries, there is actually legislation coming in to protect children. For example, I've just read during this week that the state of New York is now going to put in legislation which um, with regards to social media and algorithms that is running these social media sites like TikTok and and YouTube and Instagram where they are going to restrict that and even uh, permit it or say that you have to be um, 18 years and older, otherwise you, your parents must give consent with algorithm-driven social media sites. So overseas countries that are restricting um, screen time, that are restricting phones in school, but in our country, we are not there yet. So mm. I do believe that our first line of defense, our warriors must be the parents. So the parents cannot be the drug pushers. The parents must be aware of what's going on. The parents must be aware of the dangers. And the parents then must be the ones who is monitoring screen time. So with regards to to what we can do is the number one thing I do think is you must monitor a child's screen time where a child in the primary school can only have one hour a day screen time, high school children only two hours a day screen time. I think parents also should put in screen time monitoring apps like like Bark or Screen Time or Family Link to monitor what children is doing, who are they talking to, are they on, like Aldred said, are they doing excessive gaming during school, for example, what are they watching with regards to pornography, they should um, limit the accessibility, they should restrict it, they should put in routers in the house that with that has um, passwords on it, block the screen time at night, make sure that there's no screens and, and digital devices in the bedroom. So yes, I think just parents must be must be more aware of what's going on and they must be very hands-on with regards to to giving children a device. Um, I always say that you as a parent will not give a child a car, for example, and not um, explain to them the dangers of, of driving a car, not only what they are doing with the car, but other people. You have to write almost like an exam before you are allowed to drive a car. So yeah. why will you not do the same thing with regards to a phone, giving a child a phone and not, not tell them what is the limitations, what is the restrictions, what is the rules, and obviously what will be the consequences if they not keep to these rules. So then I say if a child is is misbehaving, if a child is massively aggressive, if there's tantrums and meltdowns, then take the phone. 
take the phone. It's really, really something that parents must understand that you are, you are the one who must stick to the boundaries. You are the one that must make sure that your children is safe and protected online. And then obviously they must try to take hands with schools and communities and churches. So in South Africa, we need to work together because the legislation is not there yet to help us. And unfortunately, like you've mentioned, we do not have any rehab centers for screen time addictions. And um, so, yes, this is something that that we must take hands together, like what you are doing, given mm-hmm. having having sessions like this just to warn parents and inform them on what's really going on on the devices. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so, so much for that. Now, Eldred, um, in us closing, uh, I'd like you to speak uh, on the issue of identity, because I feel like this is not only one that we can tackle from, um, you know, by through centers or that can only be dealt with by professionals um, such as Anka, because I, I think, uh, I, I hope I'm, I'm, I'm correct in saying this, Anka, there is work that needs to, can only be done by a professional such as yourself. And then there's work, as you've mentioned now, that parents can do with things like routers and etc. cetera. Uh, and I think particularly with the issue of identity, um, this one can be tackled on the pulpit, for example, and it can be built into young people from a very, very early age. So can you speak a bit on that, Eldred, uh, identity as a solution to addiction? Okay. Um, talking from 20 years of experience in addiction, I can tell you um, without any doubt that in my experience, that is the root cause of any addiction is a wounded identity. It's an identity wound. You will not look for any kind of identity in, in any fleshly things if you have a very well grounded identity. So always going back, you know, to what we're experiencing at the moment. We're looking all, all the controversial things happening in social media. At the, at the, at, at the heart of everything is an identity crisis. Um, our teenagers, our, um, young ones at school, they're exposed to these things that we were never exposed to. So you need to ask yourself, but why were we never exposed to these things? And why are these things happening now? And if you draw a con- conclusion, when we were younger, we didn't have the intense or acute exposure to this is um, social media and influencing from Eastern countries, et cetera, like TikTok. Mm-hmm. Um, so you need to draw the conclusion that um, digital devices actually cause the problem of identity um, misunderstanding at the moment. I can give you an example. And the Bible also teaches us very, very clearly that we, we don't war against you know flesh and blood, but our war is against spiritual things. So, um, and that was my war also. So I always go back to the Garden of Eden, um, thinking about our enemy, obviously Satan. What is his strategy? He's always had only one strategy mm-hmm. since the beginning of time. And that was the first attack that Eve was exposed to in the Garden of Eden, where Satan actually asked her, um, asked her if, um, did God really say this? Yeah. And yeah. If you think about that, what, what, what he actually meant was, can God really be trusted? 
or questioning the character of God or actually questioning the identity of God. That's his, his first attack. All through the Bible, going all the way through to Jesus, for example, and his um, temptation in the wilderness, why did Satan ask him the same question? If you are really the son of God, three times he asked him the same question. So it's still questioning Jesus' identity. And the same strategy throughout the whole history is always about questioning our identity. So for me, addiction, like many people will tell you, is not an emotional problem. It is not a disease model. There's mm. not something wrong with you where you are an addict. For me, it is a spiritual affliction. And that is the difference. And Uncle will also tell you that if you look at something like a, a tragedy that we're exposed to is more of a, a, a injury um, to the, to the soul aspect where trauma, which is very, very closely related to addiction, mm-hmm. is related to an injury in the, in, in the spiritual. And that is why it is so, um, it's such a huge problem and why people can't break addiction. Because if you treat a problem in the spiritual realm with pharmaceuticals and any kind of other intervention, you're never going to get to the root of the problem. Yeah, And this is the problem with our youth nowadays. You know, they are not grounded in their identity. They do not know who they are. Uh, I always tell people when I'm speaking, I tell them, you know, if if someone is not going to tell you who you are, the enemy will have no problem telling you who you're not. Mm. And what happens then is the more you hear the lie, that lie later on becomes your truth. It's not their truth. It is your truth. You choose to believe that lie. So what happens here is it completely not only um, mentally rewires your way of thinking, but they've also proven through research that in the physiology of your brain, it rewires the brain, the brain completely. So in other words, you are building new neurons to think negatively about yourself. Mm. You know, it's a, it's a biblical principle that things always happen in the spiritual realm before it happens in the physical realm. So if you're going to think of a spiritual affliction making you think the wrong things about you, that spiritual thing is going to manifest physically in the neurophysiology of your brain. And that's the way it works, you know, and that's what people don't understand about not just about doing um, or, or getting into an addiction or behavioral addiction. It's also getting to an addiction or thinking about the wrong thoughts continuously that also rewires your brain. And if you're going to be fed by negative propaganda from overseas through TikTok telling you you're anorexic, you are ugly, you're never good enough, you're going to start believing that. And as you start believing those thoughts, it's going to manifest physically in the neurophysiology in your brain. So it's extremely important that we try and educate um, not only children, but also parents um, about these things so they can understand the immense damage that it's going to do to their children. So, like I said, you know, it's always better to be preventative, learn about these things, and as the parent, you are the gatekeeper to their soul and their spirit. They are not old enough to, you know, to protect their spirit and soul yet. It is your responsibility as the gatekeeper because that child is not your child. You are the custodian of that child's soul. That child's soul belongs to God. That's what the Bible teaches us. So are you going to stand one day in front of God and give an account for the way you raised this child? So it's very important that parents need to educate themselves 
so they can be responsible in the way that they can raise God's children. Mm. Oh, I love that. We've definitely gone uh, above time. So I think we'll, we might have to split this discussion into two. Um, I'm already having many, many other questions and discussions that I'd like to go into. Uh, but I think what we'll do is uh, in, we'll schedule, uh, I'll schedule an interview with uh, you, Anka, and then also with you, Eldred, so that we can get deeper into some of these uh, topics. Um, I really love this, and I think it's about time that we start having this conversation uh, surrounding addiction in South Africa. I think it's, it's, it's way too late, and it's far too few uh, people are aware just how much of a danger this is. Um, and and as, as you were talking, Eldred, I was really relating myself to some of the things that you're saying, um, just the impacts of addiction on a person and also how your brain gets wired as well. Um, I remember uh, God gave me a word, I think it was in 2016 when I was dealing with anxiety. And one of the things that he encouraged me to do was to uh, take my phone and do as if I'm writing him a text in my notes and just say something positive on a daily basis at a particular time. And it absolutely changed my, just the way that I think, my how positive I became just by doing that minor practice, sending God a text uh, about things that I'm grateful for. Um, so thank you so much for both your time. Uh, we're definitely going to have to cut it short here for now, but I'll definitely be inviting you guys back. So thank you, Anka, and thank you, Eldred. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, Kevin. listening. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And we don't, we're not going to be ending it here, so do stay tuned. For now, though, we're going to take a breather right here and be back right after this.